After one week with me and my dojo, you'll be prepared to defend yourself with the strength of the grizzly, the reflexes of the puma, and the wisdom of a man. Come down today for your free trial lesson. In a world where laughter was king on the edge of space. Ludicrous speed! Go! You get together, have a few laughs. Bastards of the universe! Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the Cinemasters of the Universe podcast. It's been a while, but I'm, I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to see all of all of our friends and listeners, especially our listeners and new friends over in India. Shout out to India. We know you're listening to us. As I said, I've been your host. I am your host to the left, Ron Avis, the rental king. And of course, it wouldn't be the Cinemasters if it wasn't for the gentleman to my north, the man who owned a real life sledgehammer bicycle, Adam Peterson. Sorry, I just said I had this lady in a in a headlock. Uh, I was using my wisdom of a man. <laughs> oh my god, dude! This this is a uh, this is our our return one one of our many triumphant returns that we've had uh, since the <laughs> we've started this little endeavor called the Cinemasters of the Universe podcast. Um, this is uh, of course February. If you're listening to this episode brand new you will notice that the month is February if you look at your calendar. And February is the month of love and Valentine's. And as we did this time last year, we're going to talk about four movies. We're going to try and get a movie out, an episode out every week. uh, So we can talk about movies that we love. And, you know, we, we have four movies already picked out. We went ahead and chose our two apiece. And I'm really, really excited to talk about these movies. Uh, you you shared with me the two you're going to do, one of which, you know, is an absolute classic favorite of mine. The other I've never even seen. So I, I kind of get that like, what? You haven't seen that? Like a return of that segment because I've never even seen it. Throwback. So, yeah. So we'll, we'll have that interesting sort of uh, dynamic of, you know, f- person or podcaster or co-host who's seen the movie a bunch of times loves it could speak about it for days and days and then on the other hand the other co-host is just never has just seen it for the first time it's like their very first time really seeing it i mean i've seen clips of it and we're not gonna spoil it here but uh you know it's like one of the like if it's a if it's like a classic movie and i would say that if you're talking about movies you love you're, you're probably talking about some classic movies and, uh, you know, so it, it's like I haven't seen it's not like I haven't seen clips and bits and pieces. And I've you know, you've talked about that movie many times before. So I've pulled clips of it. So I've seen clips based on that. And uh, but the, these are just like movies that I don't know if you'd say they're your favorite movies of all time, because when when people talk to me about like, what's your favorite movie of all time? I always I have like a basic. 10 that I can go to pretty easily. You know, you got your Back to the Future, your Ghostbusters, your Jurassic oh, yeah, Park, fried your Batman, your Fried Green Tomatoes. Yeah, Mystic Pizza. You know me. Absolutely. Huge Julia Roberts fan. Huge. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Kathy Bates <laughs> just does Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, these are the movies 
I've, I've seen these movies like hundreds of times. They're, it's a mov- they're movies I love. They're, maybe they're not perfect movies, although I will argue that the movie we're talking about today actually is a perfect movie. It really is. <laughs> Napoleon and anyone Dynamite. Isn't, you're wrong. Napoleon Dynamite, in case you didn't read the title or happen to notice what movie we'd be talking about this week in our movies that we love segment. But it, it's a movie that I've seen like so many times, like just maybe hundreds of times and it just never ever gets old ever but is it in my top 10 favorite movies probably not top 30 it's very possible yeah but uh it's a movie that i just undeniably love and let's see uh while while you talk about napoleon for a moment or two i'm going to pull up my show notes here this napoleon dynamite one of the things that i absolutely love about this movie um, is I f- it, this is one of those movies that um, it's it's like a Christmas story. It really kind of splits the crowd. People either absolutely love this movie or they cannot stand it. Mm. They just don't. They're like, I don't get it, and they're just like, it's not funny. It's stupid. Like, and I feel really, I genuinely feel bad for those people because they're missing out on one of the most. It's their. It's yeah. It's their loss. <laughs> it's, sure. it's just so unfortunate because I remember like after I saw it. Um, and I think I can't remember if I went to the theater a couple times to see it, but I know like everybody that I knew, and it was one of the things that just made me so happy is just all these people that were in my world at that time, we would just quote this movie relentlessly. And it was like our own (laughs) secret language. It was like people that didn't like the movie or people that hadn't seen it yet. They're like, what are you even talking to? Give me some of your tots. What tots? You got tots? (laughs) Yes. Well, it's the like, friend. It's the friend talking in shorthand language. Yeah, it was just because somebody would say something, and you just start laughing because you would picture <laughs> the scene, and it would make you laugh in a vacuum. It it's so stupid, but if you if you know what it is, it's like you know that new. That's the new meme. Like if you know, you know, like that. Yeah, kind of exactly. Thing. It's what it is. Like if you you either know, or you don't know. You either love it or you don't love it, and. This, for me, you know, thinking of like thinking like in terms of like that, just sort of t- thinking about the movie and talking about the movie in general, it really takes me back to a time in my life that I miss, where a movie would come out that you love so much, you just wanted to invite your friends over and watch this movie. Like you just had to show them this movie. Yeah, this for sure fits into that pile of movies. In the time frame that I'm thinking and keeping in mind too, like when I was during this time frame, I was, you know, I've just bought my first house or it was, you know, like, so I, I got the nice movie set up. And so I'm inviting my friends over a bunch and, uh, I, movies like this movies, like Shaun of the dead, uh, any, any Kevin Smith movie, really uh, Zoolander, uh, just, uh, there's just like this group of movies uh kung, kung pal just we're, we would kung we pal. would watch it that one time and just laugh our asses off and then it just sort of became this thing that you regularly watched while drunk or whatever <laughs> you know yeah just just have it a good time like let's watch napoleon dynamite drink a lot and then do some karaoke like what a night <laughs> yeah, well because it's it's kind of that perfect movie where it's like <clears throat> there there is kind of a point to it i mean yeah. it's not I mean, it's it, it's not a very plot driven movie. I mean, there's a story. It's not. There's nothing. Pedro there, Pedro is running for pl- class president. That's like the biggest. That's, that's the most story it. you get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, and there's kind of this 
Yeah, the budding romance between Napoleon and Deb. That and is Deb, yeah. Of, uh, so there, I mean, it's, there's it's razor thin though. I felt like the first time I watched it, it was clearly there, but in subsequent many viewings later, whatever that is, that relationship is barely scratched (laughs) oh it's it's, yeah it's i mean it's just bare like you're like like i'm not even sure it exists anymore now that i see it i'm like i think there was more of a relationship between pedro and deb and did i imply a relationship here did i I think i'm is it it a mandela effect thing (laughs) that i just imagined that yeah that tetherball fade out was not the romantic uh, yeah it's not them (laughs) riding off into the sunset together I think I might have just heavily implied that there was a, relation, a romantic relationship going on. I think they were just friends. I think they was just the trio of friends. Oh, gosh. But Napoleon Dynamite, let's do some housekeeping uh, real quick. Because uh, yes. as per tradition, uh, Napoleon Dynamite released on August 27, 2004. Uh, runtime, just 96 minutes. Never wears its welcome out. No, it's perfect. I, I think I think if it were a hundred and five minutes, it the movie has is dangerously trading on wearing its it, welcome. Yeah, out. if you push this movie over a hundred minutes, yeah, I think you could have done a tremendous disservice to it. Right, because it does lose a little bit of steam towards the end, but not. But it's still entertaining. You uh, kind of slide right into home. You really do. Uh, budget of just four hundred thousand dollars. And I know that Fox Searchlight came in and added more to that budget. I think that budget probably changes depending on how you want to look at it. Independent yeah. film. Uh, and then and then it, it sort of became a Fox Searchlight, and then MTV got tagged onto it. And it, I, it, once you do all of those things, there were some, not reshoots, but they added on, like, the, the after credit scene. Like, yeah, that, I was reading a factoid scene. where that was, that actually cost more, I think, than the, the entire whole movie. It's- yes, yes. So, so yeah, 400, I'm going to go with the 400,000. I think that's probably, uh, that it, it looks like it costs, I mean, it's very colorful and looks nice, but yeah. it is, it is filmed in Preston, Idaho. There's really only a couple of like on location type sets, like Napoleon's house and Deb, Deb studio are really the same house, you know? Uh, yeah. So John Hader, I think he was paid a thousand, a cool thousand dollars to play Napoleon. <laughs> like, can you imagine? There has to be some sort of royalties that he's. If he's not, it, the world, this world is unjust. Because uh, it it did gross forty five million in, in the box office, which is great. Million. And he's like, it had this. I got a thousand bucks for this. <laughs> That's just box office draw. And I do remember very vividly that i didn't see this movie in theaters i hate to say it was definitely a dvd thing for me but i was ready for it like because the the word of mouth and buzz for this movie was crazy everybody who was anybody in my circle of friends was at least talking about this movie it's like this is a charming ass movie and you know i i didn't necessarily admittedly go to a lot of movies because i mean you would have in our area in our neck of the woods you would have had to have probably gone to the baxter or something to i was see gonna this say movie. i think i might have had to see this one at baxter yeah <laughs> so the baxter for for all of those of you people who don't live here which is most of you honestly uh it it's like that theater that just shows the indies uh it's, it's not like a dollar it's a hipster part of town definitely uh and a lot of whole food shop and people hanging out 
Yeah. Uh, there there was a, a comedy club on the other side of the strip mall. Yeah. But I mean, it, it is a nice, it's a nice, it's a nice enough theater. It's not a dollar theater by any means, but they typically, no. they typically mostly show independent films. And it's cool yeah. to have a thing like that, you know, like in a, in our town, which is big, but not huge. Um, yeah, it's, but, it's nice because every now and then there would be something that would come to town that I knew wasn't going to be at one of the, the chain theaters. <laughs> yeah. And I still really wanted to see it. Like I saw Waking Life there, um, mm-hmm. the Richard Linkletter uh, one. And uh, there's there's been a few movies that I've seen there. So it is, I mean, I might I might kind of roll my eyes at, you know, the hipster part of town, but like, it is nice when you yes. do want to see something that's not I'm, just I'm, I'm so glad it's there. You know, even though yeah. I haven't seen a lot of movies there, I'm so glad it's there. Uh, because, yeah, yeah th- that's where this movie would have shown up. Um, so by the time I got, but by the time it was out of theaters and headed to DVD, like there was a crazy amount of hype. And it has to be one of the more successful DVDs of that decade. I mean, it has to be because everybody had a copy of Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So that was the gross uh, directed by Jared Hess, who uh, also uh, directed the uh, 2006 Nachos Libre. He did 2016's Mastermind, the Zach Galifianakis comedy. Uh, it was it was written with written by him and with his brother uh jerusha hess and the, they they collaborated on a couple films they collaborated with nacho libre which i mean feels so much like napoleon dynamite it's crazy um 2009's gentleman broncos which you have mentioned to me i don't know how many times and i still haven't seen it and it's crazy because i love napoleon dynamite and i do have an affinity for nacho libre so yeah gen- gentleman broncos is uh <clears throat> I mean, you could you could tell, and um, and Don Don Verdeen, um, those two are uh, Jared Hess movies that probably not a lot of people have seen. But mm. and I I mean, it was one. It's one of those things where I didn't have as much appreciation for Nacho Libre when it came out as yeah. I do now. Um, yeah. Because it, it felt like, I mean, Jared has, he's, Jared has feels to me kind of like the poor man's Wes Anderson. Um, okay. He's got a very, okay. He's yeah. got a very specific tone and feel yes. to how he directs. And I appreciate a lot more. And, uh, you know, if, if you are a fan of, of his work, I do recommend Gentleman Bronco and Don Verdine if you could find them somewhere. Yeah. Um, Cause they're entertaining. They're not as, I wouldn't say they're as good as Napoleon Dynamite. I think. He really, you know, no, that, in, in a, that it was definitely lightning in a bottle as, as yeah. fun as Nacho Libre is. It's it's diminishing returns from, you know, yeah. Napoleon. Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite is just so perfect. I, I love it because there sometimes a movie comes along where I just feel there the entire cast is just on this same page creatively yeah the way they're interacting with one another you you see it sometimes and you're just like man that must have just been a blast to just be around i i think the same thing with for movies like um uh, just friends there's just this tone and placefulness through everybody like everybody in the movie is just on the same page and this is definitely like none of these actors involved have been better you know they, they certainly haven't been terrible by any means, but that they, everybody's just was so on. And to know that John heater was only paid a thousand bucks and he had a really nice career spring from this movie. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, 
Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. I mean, I know that it was an overnight sensation and it did really well, but it is kind of funny because for somebody that really didn't have a massive acting background, mm. he parlayed this movie into, I mean, several others that did pretty decently. Did, did you know that he was studying to be an animator in college? I did not. Yeah, so he, I know this movie is uh, based on a short film that he and I guess Jared Hess did together. Yeah, Palooka. Mm-hmm. And what is interesting to me is, I mean, we know that some of the actors in this film are playing much younger than they are. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, John, uh, uh, or not John Heater, but uh, yeah, John he- John Heater. He was uh, just finishing up college. He was a college student, and he was he was planning to be an animator. That was his goal. But since this movie was, like you said, such an overnight sensation, he's like, maybe I should just move to Hollywood and see yeah. if I can't make a go of this, you know, f- unbelievable luck that I have. You know, like you, so many talented actors come and go. They never, t- they, and they never sniff the type of success yeah. or, or be in a movie that just was in the zeitgeist of that time. Like Napoleon Dynamite was just everywhere. If you don't mind, I'm going to indulge me, you and, and also our listeners. I want to play a clip of uh, John Heater going on David Letterman. You, I don't know if you've seen this clip or not, but it's the top 10 list. He, Letterman would occasionally have celebrities come on <laughs> oh. and do the 10. And I think this was uh, in preparation of the DVD release. So just, I thought it might be fun to listen to. <laughs> He's totally in character, got the everything. Your only friend is the one you built in shop class. School song includes phrase about how much you suck. He's making all the faces. Every time you talk to a girl, the Oh well I guess it wasn't the whole thing. Oh well, sorry. You can go out there and Google it or search. I'm gonna have to do that. Yeah, but he's he's totally in character. He's doing he's he's dressed like Napoleon. He's he's got they still got the perm, <laughs> or he the he perm, redid the, the perm. moon boots. The moon. He's well. I couldn't tell if he was wearing the moon boots because I didn't get to see the part of the clip where he walks out. But I imagine he probably was. We got to talk about the Napoleon like aesthetic. It's very unique, and he he did. He just invented this character, as far as I can tell, out of whole cloth. You know, so years ago when the DVD was out, I'm sure I watched the the uh, commentary tracks probably a lot, but I can't remember too much about. So some of the, I'm sure there were some stories about where the look came from, but it's it's great. It's like he's got the permed hair, the the big rimmed like 80s glasses. Like oh yeah, you know he's got like that. He's wearing those like Southwest themed like t-shirts that are always like tucked into his pants. The snow boots, the a lot like, of horses, a lot of horses, right? Endurance. That's like my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I, I mean, one of the things I remember that everybody talking about is they, you know, the what's what's the time frame of this? Because yes. a lot of people thought that it took place in the eighties, and it was like, no, I, yeah, it's modern day. That's just Idaho. <laughs> <clears throat> I remember thinking that too. Like I was, I would have swore, I would have told everyone like this movie is for sure set in the eighties, but then there are moments when they'll play like a backstreet boy song. 
Like, yeah. oh, this this is breaking the rules a lot if this is supposed to be in the 80s. And, and you got Uncle Rico <laughs> desperately wanting to go back to 82. <laughs> back to so 82. state. <laughs> I love uh, Uncle Rico. He's one of my favorite oh. all-time characters in any movie. But you're right. There's, a, there's an 80s flavor big time in this movie. Like, you and know, a lot of the music. The music a lot of, a lot of music, right? A lot of pop songs from eighties, like "Time After Time" and "The Rose." There's like a there's like a karate interest theme going oh. on. The the Tupperware salesman, yes, like whole bit. I mean the a the eighteen theme, like it feels very eighties with the clothes and the yes. fashions, the boondoggle keychains and the uh, those <laughs> I mean, like, like little infinity of those at Scout Camp. <laughs> Uh, I love reading the bits of trivia too about this movie. Apparently, he made a lot of those boondoggle keychains. Yes, he I also is the artist of a lot of the drawings that you see yeah. in the movie. Like he totally drew all of that stuff. Uh, but but back a little bit finish to finish up housekeeping. Um, but I mean, we we try to like say like, well, what is the plot of this movie? I saw this synopsis, and I, I really give him credit for trying. <laughs> Preston Idaho's most curious resident, Napoleon Dynamite, lives with his grandma and his 32-year-old brother who cruises chat rooms for ladies and works uh, to help his best friend, Pedro, snatch the student body president title from Mean Teen Summer Wheatley. So, I mean, that's fairly right on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you definitely can't discount the, the importance of the team-up of Kip and Rico. I, I think almost all of my favorite moments are like with those two guys together. Oh yeah. Um, so the movie stars, uh, as we'd already talked about John heater, he went on to star movies like blades of glory, bench school for scoundrels. Uh, he he's consistently working, but he hasn't really been in a lot of things that I can think of. I saw that he was a voice on the animated Disney show star versus the forces of evil, but I, I wouldn't have known it. I, I it's not like we watched that show in our house anyway, but he has such a distinctive voice and the Napoleon voice is very close to, it's just like a dreary version of who he actually is. Yeah. (laughs) He really sounds kind of like him. It's like Um, if he was just really tired, really tired, Napoleon just took a ton of, uh, NyQuil and was just fighting sleep. Uh, Aaron rule. I think is, I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name. Ruel, plays Kip and he, he, he really, him and uncle Rico kind of steal the movie. Although John heater is, he's definitely the star of the movie, but they really steal a lot of scenes. He, he has not done a lot. I think criminally, like how could you not find a role for him? He's so brilliant in this movie. And, but as like, even because the whole opening sequence was his doing as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's when I was like, okay. Oh, you mean you with know. the plates and everything? Yep. <clears throat> I love all, that all intro. That. that is one of the most iconic intros to a movie. It's such, it's such a great way because like a lot of times, you know, you have the opening credits that are just kind of rolling over, you know, either just a backdrop as music plays yeah, or maybe yeah, yeah. <clears throat> right. as the movie's firing up. Like an establishing like, shot. That's like yeah. usually what happens. Like you see an establishing shot with credits. That's more or less all yeah. you get. But it's like this, like the credits of this, are it's so art. engaging. It's it, art. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. It's, and I, I love mean, that I, White Stripes song that plays too. Yeah. Like, it's such a good song. And that Conan uses it for his podcast too. The music, like that, that um, not like the songs that you recognize, but mm-hmm. just like the little like 
Casio keyboard music that plays at various oh times my on God. the movie. I, I made a note. I made a note. The the score of the movie is just like the samba preset of all the yeah. keyboards in the eighties, <laughs> like those Casio keyboards. Uh, I love. I love it. I I'm I'm not gonna lie. There was <clears throat> this was back when like people had like loved ringtones. Were obsessed with ringtones. Yeah. There oh, was a God. Point. Remember that time? It wasn't that long oh. ago. <laughs> I, I actually, I have a ringtone now. It's the Brooklyn Nine-Nine theme song. And I actually turn the volume on on my phone so I can nice. hear that. Because nice. I I don't, I like, if I was out in public and Brooklyn Nine-Nine's theme song started playing, like, shy of being, I don't know, at a funeral or somewhere inappropriate <laughs> for your phone ring. Like, if I was at the store, my phone started playing that song. And people looked at You're me. You're just going to let like, it play. Yeah. Let it ring forever until the end of the ring. It's goes. a kick-ass song, guys. It's a yeah. great show. You should watch it. Not even, not even, uh, uh, no regrets. I, but, I, can't, I couldn't even tell you the last time I had a, u- utilized a ringtone. Because <laughs> everyone's phone is on silent because they're terrified to use ringtones. Because that we were all obsessed with ringtones. Yeah. And then, like, your phone rings. You're like, and everyone looks. You're like, oh. Is that what it is? Is that what uh, it is? crap. I, we, uh, we yeah, beat I really the joy like out of each other with that. <laughs> yeah, because like, ah. well, it was like we we all had stuff that we really loved, but like then when you get into a situation where like your phone rings and everyone's looking at you, it's like, oh wow, you really like that? And you're like, no, yeah. no, I don't. What? No, <laughs> somebody. Yeah, Ta- I remember I when even... Tosh Tosh two had a little bit in one of his specials where he was like, God, I can't stand when like every every five minutes I got to hear the lean back, lean back, like yeah. on somebody's ringtone. But it was. It was sort of the joke, like to to rag on somebody for having a ringtone. Way but to go, I, I, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, people! You suck. You robbed us of you of ruined ringtones. Little joys. But I t- I took I, I don't even remember what phone I had at the time because <clears throat> this predates iPhones. So this was like a regular like I don't know flip phone or it was just oh, a, Lord, it was a phone, yeah. just a phone, <laughs> just and a razor took, or something. <laughs> I took the phone. And while this, while I had the DVD playing queued up, recorded onto my phone one of the songs as it was playing because I wanted it as my ringtone. Yeah. And the jankiest, <laughs> just slapped together, I recorded this on That's my phone. That's in the spirit of the, the 80s, TV. though, man. That's how we did it back in the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to mixtape the shit out of this ringtone. Slap yeah. it on my phone. It doesn't like, have yeah. to sound great. I just have to no. hear it. <laughs> it's like I was standing so close to the TV when this played, and I had the volume up really loud, so it sounds a little off. But I don't care because I love this song, and it's just some random Napoleon song that played at one point. So I was like, "Yeah, that's how much I love this movie, guys." Yeah, I think that was it. I think that was the one. Yeah. So they played the brothers, the Dynamite Brothers, I guess. Uh, Efren Ramirez plays Pedro, and he has he had a pretty lengthy career up to Napoleon Dynamite. He his uh, his big uh, debut was Pizza Boy in the 1994 Denise Richards comedy Tammy and the T Rex. He was in that. I don't remember that. I didn't see that. Uh, but he but after Napoleon, I, he he popped up in that Dane Cook comedy Employee of the Month. Uh, a couple of years after he he was in both of the Crank movies. He played a character named Kalo. And uh, he had a recurring role in the uh, Danny McBride uh, Eastbound and Down comedy. He played uh, Katui. But I, I like him. He, he's, 
I, he's not the type of person you look at him and go like he's gonna be a huge star someday because he's he's kind of unique looking i'll just say yeah <laughs> he does he has he has radio looks i don't know how else to put yeah, it yeah he's mean, uh <laughs> he fit the role well all, all of these all of these actors are made up to look really kind of frumpy <laughs> they're <laughs> normal of, people they're people yeah. from idaho they're just they're no, it's not like, like right. oh, wow but like the ugly people from Idaho, like not even yeah. like that. But, but they're I, all I mean, really I've, good looking people. If you look at their IMDb, like you know, they're all like pretty good looking people. Yeah, they're normal looking people. On they're normal. Like, well, take, they're normal. <laughs> I'm giving like, them a little too much credit. <laughs> like if you if you if there was like a filter on your phone that was like, oh, it's Idaho. <laughs> like we would all look like. This. Oh my god. There needs to be an Idaho filter. Yeah, you just get the Idaho filter. Like, oh, uh, wow. look at a little is too that... glam for this. I'm gonna put the Idaho filter on. Is that what I want? Ah, uh, there like we go. Idaho. <laughs> I got the coyote. Oh. I got the How horse many shirt. Are on that, that shirt. <laughs> Count the wolves. Oh shit! So yeah, he's Pedro. Uh, John Grise uh, is Uncle Rico. The, Uncle the, Rico. The role he was born to play. I would argue. Oh my gosh. John uh, so uh, John Grise was in uh, Laszlo. He was Laszlo in in the uh, Real Genius with Val Kilmer. Yep. Um, and he's just really a, a masterful character actor. I, he just he's in one of those like hey he's a hey that guy kind of actor. And uh, he was he was in the Rundown with the Rock. He played one of those like whip guys. Uh, he was in apparently I don't remember this, but he was in all three of those uh, Taken movies, the Liam Neeson yep. Taken movies. He was um, he was one of the the buddies of uh, Liam Neeson. Okay. I just watched the first take of the other night. But he's a total character actor. But he he is so damn great in this. And I was reading that apparently before the success of this movie, he was really contemplating being a full time writer and giving up acting. I think so. Th- this kind of extended his career a good degree. Um, yeah, because was he was he was going to stop uh, acting. And yeah. they gave him the script, and he's like, oh, okay, I'll do this. Right. And I love it, because like, everyone just seemed to get this movie. I, I, it, it was it, it was incredibly cheap, made by a relatively unknown filmmaker, or basically an unknown filmmaker, uh, with, with and just like a no budget. And they're, they're, you know, they're pulling in real actors. I mean, they, John Heater, who was, a, I guess, a friend of Jared Hess, was like, he, they knew. It was like one of those deals. Like, they kind of became famous together. Yeah, um, but I mean, some of these actors have been in other things. Uh, Tina, uh, Tina Ma, uh, Majorno or Majorino, I guess how you pronounce her last name. She she's she's been in a lot. I mean, she was in uh, Waterworld. She was the girl in Waterworld, yes. which was a huge movie uh, back in the day. And she she's gone on to be in a lot of TV series. So she stayed busy. She's on in Veronica Mars, Grey's Anatomy. I remember her from the movie Andre about a seal. Oh, is she the little girl? Yep. <laughs> I could totally see. I've seen that DVD art so many times. I could totally picture her little face. That's great. So she she's an actor. She's been around. Uh, movies also starring uh, Diedrich Bader as Rex from Rex Quando's Dojo, who is phenomenal. Rex he, he always plays the best characters. Just, just turn... Diedrich Bader to a comedy and let him loose and just he'll he'll give you some sort of gold. Oh, always. every time. I I love Tim as Jethro from Beverly Hillbillies movie. <laughs> Beverly if Hillbillies. you remember, he goes that far back. He was Jethro oh. and he was great. 
he was he absolutely was. great. But I mean, also Drew Carey show, obviously. I mean, that's where most people got to know Diedrich Bader was from Drew Carey yeah. show. Uh, I, I also loved him in Off Space. <laughs> Two chicks yes. at one time, man. <laughs> you like that guy. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'd do. Hey, Peter, man. Turn on <laughs> channel five. Yeah, don't worry, man. I didn't hear nothing. <laughs> Just the screaming neighbor from the thin walls or behind the thin walls <laughs> next door. I love Dietrich Bader. Uh, Haley Duff, who is, I guess, the sister or cousin of the Hillary sister Duff. sister of Hillary Duff. So sister of Hillary Duff. She plays Summer. Greatly. I, I love Summer. I don't know how evil Summer is. She's just one of those popular girls. Like we've seen way nastier girls than Summer Wheatley in, in other movies. But I oh, guess yeah. if there is an antagonist, it is Summer and her dumb, dumb boyfriend, Don. Oh, Don. <laughs> Don is the Trevor epitome Star. of the tool. He makes the dumbest faces throughout the movie. Oh. I just love it. He, what, how would you describe that face that he makes? It's just like, oh. <laughs> it's just this. Uh, this misguided <laughs> smug satisfaction. Yes, yes. <clears throat> at nothing. At nothing. Absolutely nothing. I, I just don't. I don't know how else to describe him, but just his dumb face. Just like yeah, it's, it's like just describing characteristic. His senior quote is. <laughs> that's right. his, like that's his, that's what he's worth. You're making P-F-F-T. the face that he makes. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I love when he's watching Summer in the uh, the skit version of of her, <laughs> and he's just he's like the only person reacting in the audience, and you just your eyes drawn to him, and he's like popping his shirt or something. Yeah, when he's like, doing that, he's like, Whew, <laughs> "This is this is hot." Yes, <laughs> this skit is hot. He's like the only one that stands up, and he's like, "I mean, I guess he's seeing a good boyfriend and supporting her, but." He's such a he's such a goof dumbass. I like I love Dawn. Uh, Emily Dunn plays Trisha, who's you know Summer Wheatley's friend, I guess best friend in the movie, and is also the object of Napoleon's misguided love. <laughs> she she's doesn't she doesn't do a whole lot except just be a teenage an annoyed teenage girl. That's kind of yeah. what she does. But the best scenes with Trisha are. The, the moments where like her mom is just sort of pushing her into this relationship for some reason with Napoleon just because I guess her Tupperware salesman lets her like what he he's so mean to Napoleon he's like poor little oh. guy it still wets the bed still wets the bed <laughs> why would you say that it's just he's the worst uncle like he he could rival uncle frank from home alone for like oh worst God. uncle ever you look what you did you little jerk yeah it's like, like hey hey want to know something really crushingly embarrassing about my nephew <laughs> he still wets the bed so get the 12 pack that's 24 pack oh my god what do you he's like what do you think we are made of money we can't afford the fun pack the fun pack is like gosh say it so the whole world can hear you <laughs> take this oh. back and get some diapers for you and your brothers so. yeah it's like like he's trying to show off for summer he's showing off for it. summer oh. who's this teenage high school aged girl because <laughs> he, like she's I mean, gonna like, be impressed he is like I like I mean, I'm glad that they didn't lean too far into it yeah. but it's like he I mean like especially when he does the bust must stuff you're like okay dude like you're 
now like full on creepy. Full on creepy. Like you were yeah. like borderline. Like people were like, should we keep an eye? You're, on you're like, driving somebody... a van for starters, so you kind of <laughs> you got to. You live up. in a van in a field. That's exactly. where you live. A van in a field. I love his home. He's got like the he's got the you know the 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 line the clothes line up and there's like oh. blankets spread out and he's the just Dodge got Santana. <laughs> the Santana baby. That is a beautiful vehicle. It is lovely. Oh Jesus Christ! Mo- moving on through the cast, there's a couple more people. Sandy Martin plays Grandma, who you know she 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 doesn't have a whole lot to do, but she's still pretty good. She's got uh, some great lines early on in the film. Knock it off, Napoleon. <laughs> Fix yourself uh, a dang quesadilla. Right? <laughs> I love the part where they're like they're like ATVing in the dunes, <laughs> and like the the like the angle cuts to Wyatt, which is clearly like a dude. Like, like oh look, <laughs> she's flying off of a, off of an ATV. Oh, that's clearly a man. That's clearly that's, a man. Like that's a that's a tall, slender man. <laughs> Okay, that's de- but that's I guess pr- that's that, grandma. I'll bet you. I'll bet you dollars to donuts that was probably John Heater. <laughs> I could. Yeah, it was like John. We're gonna need you. Uh, you know, you already signed the waiver for doing your own stunts. Right. Right. I don't have any stunts? Yeah, you're well, we already the star you. of this movie. You're the art director of this movie, and we're gonna need you to be the stunt man. <laughs> we got a bunch of mattresses, so we're pretty sure you probably won't snap your neck. <laughs> you'll just you'll land safely in that that sand. It's not gonna be that. You hard. should be fine. You should be fine. We've done this with a dummy millions of times. Yeah. We ran through like uh, eight times last night, and you should be totally fine. And just one more other person I'll mention is uh, Chandrella Avery, who plays LaFonda. Who LaFonda. has just some really great moments. She doesn't hardly say a word, but it's just yeah. her her kind of supportiveness of of uh, Kip sort of sort of be, you know, like making him into a man, really. And the he, fact that she just comes out of left field, like she when really she does. shows up, you're like, because you, you know you have this whole well, like there's that running is like okay yeah like oh I got this online girlfriend right and, right and it's just kind of it's there but then she shows up you're like never in a million years would I have expected that was that's what's getting no no never and she she really like mans him up you know she yeah takes his like i mean she takes his glasses away puts like this gigantic ass medallion around his neck and next time we see him he's got like the do-rag on oh yeah i love the do-rag and he's just he's just he's just doling out the advice to napoleon you know like i got it all figured out i'm with lafonda now and uh yeah but i I, you do expect it to be kind of that gag of internet like probably probably a dude it's probably the joke they're headed towards but nope, LaFonda was real and was yeah. quite lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Just wonderful. Good for you, Kip. So that that's our cast. Uh, the rating on this movie, I expected it to be a little higher, but I suppose it goes along with your whole, like, mo- you like love it or hate it. Uh, IMDb rating 6.9, which is pretty good. Out of yeah. 100. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 72% on the critics, 74 audience. So they lined up, which they, that's not you too know, bad. that's not too bad at all. I couldn't uh, remember how critics treated this movie. How do you think Roger Ebert loved oh. that, <laughs> that shill of <laughs> iconic and famous movie uh, reviewer, Roger Ebert gave this movie. I want you to guess, just give me, because you never know with Roger Ebert. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> you really just any- never know. 
There weren't any talking pigs in it, so that no, no, there really were. Uh, it. Yeah, four uh, stars for that. Absolutely deserved four stars. I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping you gave it at least two and a half stars. One and a half star. One and a half. You son One of a bitch. A, I know. Here, here I, yeah. as I usually like to do, I like to pull a little excerpt, uh, excerpt from his review. We can laugh at comedies like this for two reasons. Because we feel superior to the characters or because we pity or like them. I do not like laughing down at people, which is why comedies like from Adam Sandler make me so squirmy most of the time. I so he's he's more or less lumping this in with Adam Sandler movies. Uh, in, in the case of Napoleon Dynamite, I certainly don't like Napoleon, but then the movie makes no attempt to make me like him. And the truth is, uh, it doesn't even try to be a comedy. <laughs> like he's really hard on it. My take and on this movie what is did, like, what did he give Beavis and Butthead do America? Like three and a half. The three and asshole. a half, which which was a which was really the what I, I I like the movie. Don't get me wrong, but if you're a Beavis and Butthead fan, you're more into the show than the movie. Well, because that was like when it was we the did the podcast end. on it, yeah. And I was I was kind of like what you were saying up at the at the front end of it. I had never seen it before, and you had seen it a handful of times. Right. Um, it wasn't a movie you love, but it was a movie right. you were familiar with and seen. Right. And. <laughs> When we when we both watched it with fresh eyes, I just remember at one point we're like, I was like, yeah, this movie was a kind of a beast to get through, and it was like, I it's don't know, not very good, years. is it? It's like this movie is not. And Ro- there's Roger Ebert, like, oh, you're just a standing ovation. It was like, yeah, okay, he, you've lost he, all, like between this I and feel the pig movie. he was pandering or something. I don't know why he would say that. It, I, I may, maybe somebody told him like, "Hey, man, you re- you're missing the point of Mike Judge and Beavis and Butthead. You're looking like a dumbass, clueless idiot." By, you know, so he's like, "Oh, okay. Well, the next time Mike Judge does a thing, I don't care what it is, I'm gonna praise it. I'm gonna it's just four stars. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. go down on this throat. <sighs> all I'm just gonna swallow this thing whole. Whatever, yeah, whatever piece of crap it is. Yeah, he did. So I I hate the, to me." Napoleon, the character of Napoleon is fun because, you know, I think most of us has felt kind of like an outcast or a nerd or at some point in our life, but we yeah. probably kind of, you know, changed ourselves a little bit, maybe for the better, you get a little more popular, you gain more friends, but you sort of compromised who you are. Napoleon's uncompromising. Like he, he's just a character. He is what he is. He embraces what he is. And I think that makes him endearing to watch, sort of in that like Rod Kimball sort of hot rod way. Yeah. He's like clearly an idiot. He's sort of okay at what he does, but he's such confidence in himself and his ability. And it's I mean, just, it makes him endearing. It makes you like him, even though like well, what he's, what he's actually providing you isn't all that great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I mean, like, especially in that final scene. And it, I think they, I think they do a decent job of it because like clearly you have Summer and you have Don and they're supposed to represent like the cool kids, the popular kids. Right. They're not overtly mean. I mean, you got that one scene where Don's giving Napoleon a hard time. Yeah, and, but it's like really. I mean, there's that one <laughs> kid who you know smashes the tots. He's the biggest dick in the movie. Oh my god, uh, he's, he's bullying every. Can we please stop and talk about like I don't want to talk about necessarily the actor or the character, but just in the the manner the manner that bullies bully in this movie cracks me up. 
Yeah, and he's like he's it. He bullies Napoleon a couple of times. I mean, he shoves Napoleon in his lock into his locker, which is pretty yeah. mean. But his like method of bullying it cracks me up. It's like it basically consists of him grabbing you and just yeah. shoving you down. <laughs> like, just like just hey, you know what forcing- I'm gonna do? I'm going to assault you. <laughs> yeah, it's like what? And he's like, like, he's like picking on that kid for his bike. And he's like, come on, I'll give you some chips. I love that. <laughs> that, that almost kind of makes it seem like he's trying, you know, like he did at least bring some chips. <laughs> That's sort of his like bringing it like, okay, uh, meet you in the middle. I'll give you some chips. <laughs> yeah. It's like, here, I'll take your bike. Here's a bag of chips. Right. It's like, and uh, the kid's like, no, you know, that he's clearly like a, no and then like pedro's cousins come up <laughs> and they just roll up and they're just like staring at him just like shake yeah. their heads i love that pedro offers you his protection that's one of my, i love that line I, but I, like at the end it was like okay i mean you have this because oh, i wouldn't really call summer and don like villains because yeah not. no no they're, they're not they're, they're just they're just the popular kids they're the popular kids but like when you have when napoleon finishes because napoleon puts himself out there He's like, and, and they both do, because Pedro says, I'm going to run for president. He's a new kid in school, and he just says, I'm mm. going to run for president. Yeah. He's not not necessarily a popular kid, doesn't know a lot of people, but he puts himself out there. Napoleon. I love how Pedro goes for it, man. He yeah. He's like, hey, you see that girl over there? I don't really care if she's the most popular girl. I'm going to I'm gonna make her a cake or something. And he's going to build her a cake. I'm going to build her a cake. Build her a cake or something. <laughs> I'm going to build her a cake or something. Uh, but you know, and if that, that didn't work out, I love how like summer rejected him in the cutest like way. Like, yeah. No, with, like the exclamations <laughs> with the hearts. But yeah, she draws the like that just, re- that takes me back to when girls would just do that. They would just do the yeah. hearts and it's clearly a, an emphatic no, but she couldn't resist yeah. drawing little hearts for the dots. <laughs> well, but no, then her, her dig at the end is like, I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend next year eating chimney changa. Chimney changa. I'm like, uh, okay, that's that's a little racist. That was a like, little racist. Can we all agree? Like that was a little racist. That was just a little um, bit racist. <laughs> but then you have Napoleon do. I mean, the the finale, which everybody. I mean, everybody was talking. Oh about. yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody did. The that dance was kind of the thing that people like. Oh, it's unbelievable, and it's okay. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was. I mean, it was funny. Because right. you weren't expecting it, no. but it's like after that initial shock, you're like, okay, it's it's entertaining, but it's like, it's not like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be on the floor doubled over every time. Right. It's like, no, it's entertaining. No, uh, that that, that dance scene is it indicates the end of the movie. Like, I know when that happens, like the movie's basically yeah. over. But um, the the part that I love is that you have this whole audience of people who are inspired by that that all cheer because they realize, hey. We're all a little weird. We're all a little yes. awkward. Like it's the Revenge of the Nerds it. moment, right? Yeah. At the end of it's, Revenge of the Nerds. It's it's nice because it is. It's like, you know, you, you look at these these people and it's like, okay, Napoleon's clearly, you know, different. I mean, he's... He was that, that kid that of. you for sure didn't want to have anything to do with. If you were going to be mean and bullish, this might be the kid you might be that too. Like, I was never, ever a bully or mean. But yeah. sometimes like kids like this come along and they're just sort of in their face, in your face and you are, yeah. you find yourself being a little bit meaner to them than you would normally be to somebody. Just like, why are just you sort working of, so hard to be so weird? I know. I know. Right. Because why are you trying to, are you really trying to be this weird? He's definitely that weird kid. Yeah. But we have to have 
I mean, the movie, it's starring Napoleon. So you have to get on board with him as, or you're just not yeah. going to enjoy the movie because <clears throat> of all just like the funny things that he says with that expression that like, well, that expressionless expression. I don't even know how you like no expression the, sort the, of face. The fact that his eyes are closed most of the time. Most of his lines are delivered with squinted or closed eyes for yeah. sure. Like, and he's got that what? like parted lips kind of sort yeah. of, you know, like a he's little like, like Huh? They're barely open, but they're open somehow. Like he's yeah. talking like a ventriloquist, and he, he does. He has that sleepy sort of uh, cadence to it, like sound to his voice. So it's it's great. The whole package is great. I love it. I'm into it watching it as a comedy. But like what Roger Ebert's saying, he's like, I, I kind of see what he's trying to say, but I disagree with what it's like. It's a it's a it's a dumb movie made by really smart people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they they just kind of get it. They know how far to take it and not make it about making fun of this kid because that's Summer and Don's job. You know, like that's they're supposed to be. They're kind of all of us. And some, I mean, like I say, sometimes I was a little bit meaner to that type of kid. That was never cruel, but just a little bit meaner because, like, hey, I want to make the point that I'm not your friend. I don't want to give you the hope that I'm going to be your friend. So I'm yeah, just like, not going to no, be. Don't latch on. Yeah, no, don't latch. Don't you latch on, you leech? Because they will. That kid will leech onto you. Like, oh my God, they're not cruel. I have to latch onto this kid. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm going to have to burn you off with a match. It's like a dog. You just growl a little bit. You know, like that's yeah. kind of where that's as far as I would take it. I would just, just kind of keep your distance. And to some people, I might have been that kid. Who knows? <laughs> but I, I did get some fair amount of growling from time to time. But I caught you a delicious bass. <laughs> <laughs> I got to play through some of these some of these soundboards, which soundboards are great, too. It's like a relic of that internet, that day in the internet age when we're talking about ringtones and just soundboards. It just sort of takes you back. <laughs> the only one here who knows the illegal ninja moves from the government <laughs> it's just like some of these quotes like uh are you guys having a killer time <laughs> <laughs> last week japanese scientists explained <laughs> at the bottom of lake loch ness to blow nessie out of the water <laughs> i love that report oh god he's just so oh, serious I forgot to put in the crystals that's a great line, <laughs> the time machine. So you and I were sort of texting back and forth, and you, I think you had said to me, this this is probably the most quotable movie ever. And, uh, you know, we kind of talked briefly about the whole, you know, uh, this might have been like our pre-episode talk, but there there was definitely a shorthand with friends when, when, you, when you quote this movie. Oh, yeah. It, it always applied to something and you knew with that friend exactly what was implied or meant just by saying these like goofy little lines. Like, you know, the, your mom goes to college. Just, this is the dumbest line ever, but mom goes it, to college. it's worked its way into my life. Like I say that anytime, like somebody is saying like, it, it, it could be used for lots of things, right? Just like a oh, dumb, yeah, you like if somebody is dumb or has a dumb thing to say, like that, the the way he delivers it, that your mom goes to college and he's got that smug look again, you know, like he's so yeah, proud he just of himself. Yeah, he kind of like laughs at his own joke. Just yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love, 
I can't remember. It's it's in one of the commentary tracks, probably on the DVD. And I don't remember if it's the actor who plays Kip or if it's one of the Hess writers, one of the brothers. But there is a real life story behind that. Your mom goes to college. Oh yeah. Uh, where I think they were, I think they were. He and his friends were at a bar, and there are a lot of. It, I, I guess it was like more of like a rougher bar with like more shady characters, bikers, that kind of thing. And I, I believe maybe there maybe there was a band playing or there was just something happens and then like insults are starting to get hurled and like that insult just stuck stood out, you know somebody said your mom goes to college in an insulting way, I mean that's what it is it's the insult it's the ultimate insult like it's a triple dog dare you know you can't beat it if somebody comes at you with your mom goes to college you've been burned so hard that's it just there's just move no along. recovery <laughs> it's moving along. Uh, Jesus Christ. Um, but I, I thought, I thought it might be fun just to change things up a little bit. Like the, the movie is so quotable and it, there is so little of a plot to talk about. Uh, we, we can't just obnoxiously quote the movie for the entire podcast. So I thought I would maybe try and have, I us, could, we but, could. Uh, yeah. And we, but and we probably it, will still, we, if we haven't already, we've maybe but quoted it a work quarter of all of the lines. Nah, cause that gets obnoxious and annoying. Like, yeah, you just, I mean, this is a podcast, a couple friends talking about movies they love. Uh, but I mean, do you really want to get, we don't want to just get right down to movie quotes. Eh, just get yeah. old. It's, it's obnoxious a bit. People have so a I limited wanna, tolerance of me from the onset, so I don't really want yeah. to burn through that. <laughs> and plus, it's a movie that everybody's seen a million times. So it's like, yeah. God. Let, let's like, oh, least, is that a new quote? No, it's not. Let's, let's try to pinpoint our five favorite moments or quotes. And if we want to like try to slip in a few honorable mentions, for sure, do that. But um, So I, I ranked mine five to one. So it, I don't know how you necessarily did yours. But if you want to share one of your favorite moments of napoleon and we can laugh about it and 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 fondly remember that moment together in real time with our listeners real time i well because i i was like you know what because there's it's not like there's a limit i mean there there is technically a limited number of scenes it's not like the movie is infinity long so there is a limited number of scenes but it's one of those like there are some that just shine brighter than others and i think amongst that you know, the top of that heap, I was like, okay, I I would imagine there's a chance we'll probably have some overlap here. So we will. Like, right. Yeah. That's why I say come prepared with 10. I, yeah. I was like, I want you to break, think of 10 and because there may be some overlap. So our honorable yeah. mentions may just be alternate picks too. So I was, I was like, okay, I got to come charging right out of the gates with my favorite, okay. my favorite from the whole movie. Let's go. Let's go. And I think I was telling you about this the other night when I was watching it. It's it's when R- Uncle Rico and and Kip are sitting on the front porch eating steak, <laughs> yes. uh, which which I love. I, I just because and I know I've, we've we've talked about it before. It's just one of those pieces of trivia. John Grise is he's a vegetarian, yeah. And so uh, like you can kind of catch it in the first scene when he walks in the door and immediately fixes himself a steak. <laughs> the juiciest, grossest self oh, steak. It's like this meat should not be consumed by. And I love anyone. that when he's cutting it up, he's like sopping up 
Or yeah. at least like, no. But the steak, no. the steak is not soaking in. <laughs> and I'm like, you didn't have time to cook this. You took no. this out of the fridge. Right. Uh, you know, like when you get like really generic, non-absorbent paper towels, and you try to yes. like, you know, and it just sort of pushes the those liquid around instead of absorbing it. That's what that steak looked like. That's it's what that steak is. Not absorbing anything. <laughs> yeah, and. And so, but yeah, he's like, spitting it into that napkin after he takes bites. And yeah, and so it's like it's just it's funny that like we need another scene where he's eating steak again. <laughs> Dude, so like from not the one onset, but two scenes. Yeah, it's like we're gonna need a number of scenes where you're eating meat. We know that you're a vegetarian, but we'd really like you to keep putting meat into your mouth. So <laughs> and it's just and like it's just it's one of those things. that's like there's an I mean like I remember as a kid like you go out, you have peanut butter sandwich on the front steps you could have I mean you have a number of things but it was like a steak dinner sitting on the front <laughs> steps of your house. Yes. No. It's like what? It's Only like you're Idaho help steaks. Yeah. <laughs> so he's sitting out there and not he's reminiscing. Potatoes, steak. No, he, there's no uh, yeah. It's like nope, not we're not doing anything with potatoes. It's just a bunch of <laughs> just nasty steaks. Blood rare. It's like, yeah. Back in 82, I could throw a pigskin a quarter mile. I'm like, <laughs> 440 yards. You could throw a football. I want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you have, they're, they're having this, like, Kip's just it's like. definitely one of my favorite like, lines. <laughs> he's like, that sounds, yeah, that sounds right. And he's just going along with it. It's like, this yes. isn't even a conversation. That's what You're I'm talking about. indulging Kip? him. Kip, he's always enabling Rico, Uncle Rico, throughout the movie. And I, I love that one, the running joke with, with Rico. I mean, he does. He is obsessed with getting going back to high school. Back in 82. <laughs> is his, his sort steak. of prowess as a football quarterback star in his own head, which you know if you watch his form in his self-made videos, he, he does not have the form of a quarterback. No. Not even like a whipping, little bit. He's like whipping that football sidearm. I love the expressions. Like he's like looking. He's like looking down. He's like scrambling in the pocket, like fake scrambling. Yeah. But instead of like throwing a football, like a good solid throw, he's like whipping it to the side. Just whipping and him. then he just puts his it's hands out. Like I don't know. There you go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so, so you got him bragging about his football prowess, and then Napoleon's riding up on the bike. Exactly, quarter mile, four hundred and forty yards. Um, and then you've got Napoleon riding up on the sledgehammer, right? With uh, with Pedro on the pegs, with Pedro on the pegs. Hell yeah! And (laughs) what you got around back in the day? In this fluid moment, like Rico sees him, and he's just like he grabs the steak off Kip's plate (laughs) and just whips it. (laughs) <laughs> and it hits the, the point best of the part face to like, me, oh! he he like locks into napoleon and grabs kip's steak without even looking down at the plate yeah and as you said in one fluid motion just whips it and what am my top favorite <laughs> his response he's like oh the bike starts he lose starts to lose control his glasses but, are ju- so i like, get oh. I get to use an honorable mention because I have an overlapping uh, favorite moment, and that's it's the same scene. But I actually chose Napoleon's reaction to the the stake hitting him. Oh. He goes, he just goes, ugh. <laughs> it's some great work by the sound. 
This is a great work by the sound engineers, by the way, too. The sound of that steak slapping him in the face is dead oh. on, unmistakably the sound a steak would make. Yes. <laughs> hitting a child in the face. <laughs> but then he's like posing. He's sort of like posing in the in the uh the follow through of the of the throw. And he's yeah. as after he hits in Napoleon or Kip, what does Kip say? <laughs> I think he just says that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like I mean, again, it's another one of those things like, think about your uncle. You know, you're just yeah. riding your bike down the street, and then all of a sudden you get smacked in the face with a stake, and it's because your what? uncle threw it at you. To prove your point to Kip, who will just blindly follow and believe and love you no matter what you do. But I guess every now and then he has to just show off a little bit for him to remind him of how Uncle Rico he is. And, well, and I mean, just... The, the, his, his obsession with watching himself throw the football, like first thing, first thing he like asked to do with his nephews when he sees them is like, Hey, want to look at my movie? <laughs> Y'all want to see my video? And they, they go into the living room and sit on that little ass couch. I'm not even oh. sure that couch is great. I'm not even sure if that's some sort of forced perspective. Like, did they really just find a little couch and. Because they're piled up on it, all three of them. They look big on that couch. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. especially especially Uncle Rico. And he's just like, check that out. <laughs> he's just so enamored with himself. He, well, and like that's like, I like that he just thinks that throwing the stake and hitting Napoleon in the face proves his point. Yes, it's like, <laughs> oh, it okay. Weren't it. you just you were saying you could throw a pigskin a quarter mile? <laughs> You just threw it across the front yard. A piece That's of stick. It. <laughs> this is pretty much the worst video ever. <laughs> oh. oh, like anyone could know that. Like once again, defending Rico Rico's like honor. I could even know that. <laughs> All right. My, my, I guess I'm going to pick one next. Um, yes. So this is another Napoleon moment and involving the bike, the sledgehammer. What, a bit a bit it's just a visual gag really and the sound he makes but when napoleon you know they introduce the bike like it's a sledgehammer it's a sledgehammer and you see you get in like instantly napoleon's first thought is like have you ever taken off any sweet jumps you know so then they they cut to in front of the house the little homemade ramp they sort of fashioned out of like a like a crate and like a flimsy board basically yeah but but pedro jumps it and I love that zoom into like Napoleon's face. <laughs> he's like, whoa. Yeah, he's, he's just, just so impressed. Bewildered. He is bewildered. He's like, can I try? And he he when he takes his turn, the board, I guess, gives in. And he when he racks himself in the balls. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and he's like choking. He's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Even when you do it, it cracks me up. <laughs> Some of his it's, reactions are the best, just the best. And it, that's, it never uh, that, fails that, to make me laugh so hard. That's what really sells it most of the time. Yeah. So, yeah, Napoleon racks himself in the balls and gets up. Oh, 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 beautiful. Oh. <laughs> All right, what's your next favorite moment? Uh, my, my next one, well, my next one was, because uh, <laughs> I was driving when I was watching with the boys, my next one was, uh, you want to see my video? Because I yeah. love that response. <laughs> where I mean, just yeah. I love the the Napoleon's like. I'm sorry, I stole your video. pick. 
No, no. I, I, I'm, I'm, honestly, I'd even burn it again just so we could talk about it a second time. Just nice. Because I love that scene so much. Nice. Because I'm like, he uh, just, it, because you have the beginning with Rico, it's like he is, he, you know, you got, you got, uh, when he shows up, you know, you got that like 70s bad porn music playing while he's like <laughs> yeah. driving up in his van. Right. And then he shows up. I know what up, you're talking sh- about. He shows up and he gets out of the van and he's got that briefcase. And you're like, what? <laughs> What's Why does he have a briefcase? <laughs> and it's his plans for his big his big moolah uh, making yeah. adventure. And and so I mean, like you know, he has this brief exchange with Napoleon, and then goes inside, immediately fixes the steak. Yes. And and then he's Helps talking. Himself. He's talking to the two of them, and he's just like. I mean, like before they have any chance to really like they they have a little bit of a back and forth, but he's like, "Hey, you want to see my video?" <laughs> like he just can't wait to show it to he anybody. Cannot wait. He oh, just recorded just, it and he needs to watch it with, and he has to impress he, his nephews. He puts in the top loader VCR, which <laughs> the I top love. loader is awesome. Oh, it's I love such that he labeled great... the, he labeled it too. It's like Rico. Yes, I couldn't quite read it, but it was like Rico's football or something. That's <laughs> oh, so good, and then. They're watching it. He's so into it. And he's like, what do you guys think? (laughs) And Napoleon's response is, it's pretty much the worst video ever made. (laughs) And it's like, it's not wrong. And then, but like, I just, I love that Kip questions the logistics (laughs) of it. He's like, Napoleon, like anyone can even know that. Right. Because he's just implying, (laughs) it's like, you'd have to meet somebody Who's literally seen every uh, video right. to know that this one's the worst? <laughs> I'm with Kip. I'm with Kip here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, it doesn't. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Whether to say. or like, whether or not that's true, you could not know that. <laughs> but I just love. It's like there's no there's no rebuke for being rude. It's just like what you've said is clearly not knowable. <laughs> and so, like, you're just you're you're no. You that's a false statement. Like that's where he takes issue, and then and then Rico responds <laughs> like, "You know what, Napoleon? You you, you go leave, right? Kicks him out of his own house. <laughs> he really makes Napoleon's life horrible in this movie. Oh, he just constantly. You're right. He's in contention for worst movie uncle of all time. He's no he's Uncle just, Buck. I'll say that for sure, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But yeah, All I'm right. like, you know what? No, I'm gonna. I want to circle back around and I want to talk about that moment again because I love that moment so much. <laughs> it is a beautiful moment. The the stake in the face is my absolute favorite, but the y'all want to see my video? <laughs> That's definitely my second favorite. Nice. Okay, so we've we've already talked about your mom goes to college. I blew that. I actually talked about that prematurely. Uh, so I'm gonna go with another one of my honorable mentions, and it's but it's a good one. Uh, the moment. There's this, one of the scenes that never fails to just crack me up because of the casualness, the way he pulls it off. So remember the scene where Deb shows up at Napoleon's front porch and yes. uh, same, same scene as your mom goes to college and she's trying to drum up business for her like photos by Deb business. Yes. And so Napoleon, she's instantly caught off guard because Napoleon's a boy, right? And so, but I love how she powers through it. She's like looking down. I, I knew girls like this. It's so authentic. Yeah. The character's such an authentic character. And side she, you know, ponytail. She's a, side ponytail. But not only that, just like the shyness and like she's like looking down. So she, but she sticks to the script. Bless her. She sticks to the script. It's like, 
would you like to look like this? And then like shows her like the homeliest. Like it's like Buzz's girlfriend homeliness. Yeah. Like from you know what I mean? Oh. I don't know. Like if that's if that's not a donkey with a wig on it, I don't know what is. And it's it's that great feathered like foot like you know what I mean like that glamour oh, it's shot kind glamour of glamour shots all the, all the way oh glamour shots to the max she's like would you like to look like this and so I don't know why or how but Deb Deb gets upset and frustrated and just, she she runs off and leaves all her equipment but she also leaves him the photo and when when Pedro and Napoleon are out on the bleachers talking just guy talking um. He talks to, he he expresses, it's similar to the internet chat room tropes of nerds, you know. He starts talking oh, yeah. about his old girlfriend from back in Oklahoma. And he reaches into his wallet, and you see the wallet right there. If you focus on the wallet, he's just stuffed, like, this four by six wallet into his, like... Or you know, like the, the photo into his wallet. Too big for the wallet. Oh my god, it's t- it's it's sticking out of his wallet. But like, but like, as if it were one of those wallet-sized photos. He just yeah. sort of casually reaches in and pulls out. And he's like, because Peter goes, "Is she hot?" He's she like, hot? "See for yourself." And he just reaches in and pulls it out. That moment always makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> it's so cringy because of the my old girlfriend from X City just far enough out of town you couldn't possibly know her because she's you know she's from oklahoma that's a couple states over (laughs) oh my god and it's it's like so is she hot it's that photo like you get you get another chance to look at that horrible picture of that poor model and all the 80s glam shot like wondrous i mean it's it's so good but i I just love that moment it's a moment it's not so much a line it's just the way when he pulls it out of his wallet (laughs) Well, and when when he uh, when she hands like I love the little exchange they have when she hands him that photo, mm-hmm. and she says, "Do you want to look like this?" Right, and he just goes, "This is a girl," right, <laughs> and she's talking about. He then cuts, she goes, in, "He cuts her no slack." Yeah, it's like you know, <laughs> this is like he has no communication skills <laughs> at all, and then. But then, like, then she starts talking about how glamour shots by Deb <laughs> right. is she's she's running a sale right now. Yes, and he comes out of left field with, "I get my hair cut at the Cut and Corral." <laughs> yes, and I'm like, wait. that has nothing to do with this. She's talking wait. about photographs, and you're uh, telling her where you get your hair cut. Yes, I thought I had that like up somewhere. I guess babe. the Cut and Corral. Yeah, I already get my hair cut at the Cut and Corral. <laughs> <laughs> and is and like every, that's an awesome line. Every single you know sales point she has is like, <laughs> oh, how about one of these boondong, uh, boondoggle keychains? I must have for this season's fashion. Right. Everybody like infinity those at scout camp. It's like he just, he's got a He just knocks everything. it away again. It's like no. <laughs> but after the after that devastating, your mom goes to college insult. She just like <gasps> runs off. She just she's gone. <laughs> she's just like I couldn't I couldn't come back from that. Uh, but that that's one of that's my next favorite moment. What's your next? I my third. Uh, I will, and it's and like the the thing that's funny is like there's. I'm, I'm starting to realize like there's so much good right up in front of the movie. Like the movie's good all the way through, but like right. they really lead with a bunch of really amazing things up front. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna back it up just right before that, mm-hmm. where um, it's right after Grandma leaves. And he's stay home and eat all the freaking chips. Why don't you, Kip? 
And he goes <laughs> in his whole thing about how he's trained to become a cage fighter. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, what do you have the worst reflexes ever? Come on here and say that. Right. And so they get in, they get in their little exchange. No, and, and Napoleon the door- goes, what? And, he's, and then like, like Kip doesn't back down, but he sort of re-articulates his point. I, I mean, oh. why don't you come over here and see what happens? <laughs> and so he does. Yes. And and so they're standing there, and he does his little move a couple of times, and mm-hmm. then the doorbell rings, and they both just kind of look off in yes. the direction of the front door, and they just pause for like, right. I don't know, three, four seconds. Right. And it's a this beat. Weird just a beat or so. Pause. Right. And then Napoleon's like, I'll get it. And then he just slaps him <laughs> in the face him. as he runs away. And it's just what I was like, like, oh, 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 man, <laughs> like, I love his reaction. Such a great moment because it's like, and I think that's the thing is like, there were so many times where like, you don't really have any expectations of what's going to happen in this movie because you're like, it's yeah. just all over the place. Right. But things happen. You're like, if I had had expectations, that would never have been there. Right. Like him just slapping him across the face, just like that comes charging in on left field. Oh, like, but to me, it's so authentic because if you've had brothers or if you're a sister and you had a sister, like you did shit like that to each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so true and authentic. Like that that's a moment that probably just sort of happened to those two guys writing the movie. Oh. It, it's it's like two brothers definitely wrote this movie or that gag wouldn't have made yes. it into the movie. Yes. <laughs> it had to have, it had to have only been from two brothers. Two brothers. That is a good scene. Um, My next scene, and it kind of ties into this other like running joke of like Rico and Kip's Tupperware (laughs) uh, hustle, I guess. I don't know how else to put it. You get the sense that Rico is always about the hustle, you know, like that's kind of what he does. I got a little project. We might be able to make a little moolah. Yeah, Uncle Rico, make a little moolah. Make a little moolah. But I, I love we're in the table, and this isn't my pick. But I, I love I love this line. They don't have any money. <laughs> I want to go to what was it like? They were like something park. And he's like, they got a lot of money in there. <laughs> they got a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I, I love I love their little bench, their little their little hustle. And how Kip and he had, are they're just this team and they're a lot that's like the side like if this were a TV show, this movie is ri- is kind of like a TV show if you think about it. The beats of it, right? Like yeah. it's kind of like written like there's there's like a there's like the main storyline, which is uh Napoleon, Deb, and Pedro, you know, teaming up against the popular kids for yeah to, to become like class. Like that's like the plot A. Plot B is definitely Kip and Uncle Rico and their like little yeah. side hustle business and the Tupperware salesman and you know you, what you do is you get you get a sense that Rico is like a fairly skilled salesman right because he's constantly in the middle of closing a sale throughout the movie <laughs> he's got those boxes like how are we feeling about this 32 piece set like that whole line you know just great stuff and he's demonstrating the uh, toughness or the you know the the strength of, of this poly whatever the shit like polyurane fiber I don't know whatever what it's made oh, of oh yeah but, but he's demonstrating and like he's got the sailboat thing, you know, and he's like he hands it over to the to the husband. He's he's Pretty he's trying to set up. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he can't do it. And he's like shamed. But but she my favorite moment, you, you see that. And that was a really effective sales pitch and strategy. Right. 
He's yeah. showing him how how tough and durable this this Tupperware is. Cut to the scene where Kip places oh. the Tupperware behind the van. He's out in the street. He puts it reverse. The Tupperware explodes. <laughs> it just, just shatters. And his reaction is, "Dang it!" And he just puts it gear and, and just drives away. Drives away. <laughs> He's just gone. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, I, that that is one of my favorite moments. It makes me laugh like hysterically every. T- Dang oh, it! It's, <laughs> just rides it's, away. It's such. It's one. Of, that's one of my favorite Kip moments. Just that. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your next? Well, oh, I know we we kind of led with it up at the front, but I don't think that I could really do a Napoleon Dynamite podcast if I didn't talk about Rex Quando. Yeah, um, because because it's just it's such an amazing form of uh, self defense martial arts. Yeah, and oh, it's I, taekwondo, I, but it's not taekwondo. It's Rex Quando, <laughs> yeah. the strength of a bear, the wisdom of a man. <laughs> I like each. Like I think it's the second one. Like the guy has a gun and he's like trying to wrestle the gun away from him. <laughs> he just bats it away. <laughs> and it's if you if you really pay attention in that scene, if you like behind him, I think is the mirrored wall. But then mm-hmm. like above that, he's got like you know uh, like some fighting sticks and this and that. But then there's just like a couple of guns and some knives that are just like <laughs> up against the wall. And it's like what kind of show is this? Oh, it was just like, like that's so great. Because I, I was like, I'm as I'm watching it because I'm watching it for the ten thousandth time. I'm like, right. I try and like pay attention to what's going on in the background. Is there anything here that I've just never seen before? And I'm look up there. It's like because I pointed out to the boys. I'm like, there's just a bunch of guns and knives up there. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? Like I get the fighting sticks. It was like knives and guns that are just up on <laughs> the wall for a self defense class. Yeah, and they're, I'm like, it's they're not like they're not like oh here's where we keep the handguns. It's right. just like they're haphazardly placed up there. <laughs> and and then his whole exchange. That's just the kind of guy Rex <sighs> is, man. I don't know what to say. Forget about his it. Whole I think he's like loosely taped. Is he supposed to be a mobster? Like what the forget about it. <laughs> Well, I, I I like how I mean even at the end of his commercial where like it kind of freezes on that like you can right. see his hand kind of going up and down yeah just that local commercial I'm always where, like is that a glitch or is he acting that out like I think it's just a glitch in the tape I think that's what I, it, I, I, I think yeah because it's like those those local commercials that are just poorly produced poorly produced like local commercials kind of like that, are the best that the best. still at the end where it's like it's moving and it shouldn't be no. because they just they like they cut it because it's a it's a cheap tape tapes yeah. pause still like that they would just shake so but i think like, that's all it is he's got his whole sales pitch and he's just such a dick the whole time <laughs> he is yeah, like I mean, kip volunteers he goes up there and he does the sweep the leg and he smacks oh, him the on sweep, the back yes. of the head that's one of my like, moments too it was that slap oh. is one of my like a lot of my favorite bits are like the physical comedy. Yeah. Because he's like he's like, try to attack me. So he goes, what does he do? He goes down for like a Mortal Kombat style yes. sweep. <laughs> I was like, that was that was a pretty epic first move there, Kip. It was. It really was to just come right out with that sweep. But he <laughs> just, just direct- he just jumps it 
and slaps him in the back of the head. <laughs> that is the next move where he's like, okay, here, this. if this happens to you where someone has a hand on your wrist, I'm just right. going to break the wrist, walk away. Break the wrist, walk away. I was just like, okay. But it's in that classic, like, okay, I'm going to show you how to escape a real life attack, but he grabs him by the wrong arm. <laughs> yeah. Like, is, no, no, no. You have to attack me exactly oh. like this for this move to be effective. Yes. This is how you must attack me. <laughs> and then, then he sits down and then he just rips out the point. He's like, because I dress like Peter Pan here. Right. <laughs> like, They're so like he's shamed. Doing, he's doing this whole thing leading up to the, you know, for only $300. Like you've just... You've just verbally assaulted and physically assaulted one of the people. <laughs> yes. Everyone in the room. Uh, oh, yeah, that was I, his pitch. That was his pitch. But, no, just, but he also appeals to like his, like, hey, do you want to have a beautiful wife like Starla over here? Oh. <laughs> Who I'm not sure is a man. I'm not quite positive. And it's just, oh. it's such it's such a great little one-off that you get you get those gags from mm-hmm. from that one scene because i'm like I, as i was watching it i was really kind of struck by how like each scene is just kind of like they fit together so it's yeah. like a puzzle but like each yeah, one is of. almost like its own little picture like it's, it's these like little, little vignettes vi- almost yeah these little vignettes of. that are just kind of almost like sketches that are funny on their own but you can paste them together into a movie that kind of makes some sense it's it's as if they made the movie in two weeks and paid their lead actor a thousand dollars yeah um i was reading then, even even the big dance number at the end like they only were able to record like and use the final 20 minutes of oh the, yeah what it what he did so there's, I guess out there, there's just, or not out there ever, but they recorded a whole bunch of other parts of the dance we just will never see. Because I think he danced like, to, what, three different songs or something like that? And then... Oh, no, I didn't know that. I think, I, I think they, I think he danced like three different songs. Yeah. And then they just kind of chopped it all up and put yeah. it to that one uh, Jamiroquai song. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, but it's I, I the love... thing that people took away from the movie. Like oh, sometimes, they, I mean, even like your greatest that. disaster. Like imagine you're a filmmaker, and you you choreograph this big thing, and you filmed all this footage only to find out that the final twenty minutes is usable, and they cut yeah. it and made it the thing that everybody remembers. I I love I love movie making. That is just a great story. Oh. They were, I'm sure he was just so, he was beside himself that day. Like as content creators ourselves, sometimes like you record a whole episode and learn later that I can't use any of this. Yeah. And you're, you're really bummed about it, you know, cause you want to share that, what you saw. Yeah. Like, okay, well we can't go back and redo it. Cause like All right, I wanna, the magic. Is- I want to do one more. I Was that your fifth one or your fourth one? Uh, it's fourth. So is your, your. This I went is also first. my fourth. Yeah, I went first, so this okay. Is my my next one is a really short one, but I use it a lot, and it's an it's a classic meme where they're at the bowling alley. You know, they're they're trying to get a, they're trying to get some privacy and talk about their their business, so they end up at the bowling alley. And of course, Kiv's got the bumpers up. <laughs> yes, and he's kind of like talking himself through. He's like, "Come on, come on, be good to me, be good to me," and it's 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 already bounced off the rails two or three times, but it, yes. it somehow miraculously hits the center and mo- knocks most of the pins down. And he does that really exaggerated. Yes, 
<laughs> like the yes. arm pumps down. That's a classic moment. Anytime oh. I, anytime in my entire life since 2004 or five, when I saw that, anytime something good happens, yes, <laughs> like I just have that braces, you know, because I know we got braces for this movie, just to kind of get that extra, I guess, which is huge dedication it. when you think about it. It really is. It really is. I saw I saw in the in the um, in trivia that the uh, the 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 person, the dentist who put the braces on got a credit in the movie. (laughs) Almost everybody got a credit in this movie. Apparently they really did. Anybody who did anything, anybody who did anything got a credit in this movie. Uh, But I love that, that the, 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 that just self, that, that feeling of something well done, the job well done. It's like, you nailed it. Yes. But what, but what makes it great is it's, it's for the most, I mean, basic of achievement you know <laughs> knocking pins it's impossible not to knock at least a few of those pins down with the bumpers yeah up, you know it's like but he's celebrating <laughs> the inevitable thing ended up happening and he still celebrated it yes <laughs> well and, it's like the if the sun the- comes up tomorrow <clears throat> i just got up and went yes <laughs> and the, i mean the whole like i i love that leading up to it they're like they're doing their little. They're um, they're making their plan. Yeah, we gotta uh, look legit, and, man. <laughs> and the, and and they're they're all they're all excited about it. And Napoleon goes to make the call to find out where uh, uh, Pedro was that day. And it's yeah. just such an awkward, short, meaningless phone call. Yeah, hangs up. And Your I name is Napoleon. On, <laughs> I love that close up on his face where he just looks confused and dumbfounded. And then there was like. We need to take this somewhere more, more private yes. to a bowling alley. <laughs> and then, That's a good idea. And like Kip once again just completely got his back. That's a good oh, idea. Oh, and then Rico, because Rico's got his wrist his wrist guard, because of course he would have that. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I got some concerns before we get started with this. <laughs> have you got like a card you could borrow or something? It's like that's just the problem. Well, that's the, the problem. You got to mind. I love that. I was like, you take, you can take my van. I work better on foot, anyways. Like, yes. on foot. <laughs> like, you're gonna lug around the 32 piece set. <laughs> he does door to door. <laughs> I work better on foot. And then, because <laughs> that's, that's Rico Uncle Rico, and- man. He's just gonna ma- he's gonna take like lemons and make lemonade, baby. I mean, that's just him. Oh God! And then the the final piece of that where he's. He's like, we need something that's going to make us look legit. And <laughs> Kim's suggestion, how about some gold bracelets? Gold bracelets. <laughs> I'm just like, what? Gold bracelets? Do you see how like that that, that dumbass answer never faced Uncle Rico? Because he was really, it yeah. was a hypothetical kind of thing. Like, it didn't matter what Kip had to say. He was going to come out with those laminated name tags. Yeah. <laughs> he was all about, he was ready with the name. Tags. He, oh God, he had it loaded up and was ready to fire. Oh. But he did hesitate for a second or two. Like, what? <laughs> uh, good old oh. Uncle Rico. Good old Kip. How about we get some gold bracelets? <laughs> oh God. All right. So that's your final one. Let's see what's going to be my final one. Oh god, we've talked so many, so many. I'm about to go with uh, just just a reaction moment. We already sort of mentioned it, and it's one of the things that makes me laugh about the movie is uh, Trish's mom's insistence on oh, yeah. propping propping up Napoleon's, I guess, confidence. 
So she she completely offers up her daughter. <laughs> but so but but leading up to that, as as Napoleon and and Pedro are sort of talking about things to like you could do, such as building a cake to gain the affections that's always like pedro is like you have something nice you can give her like this is like always this thing like don't be a likable person just you gotta give something to her (laughs) that's my only chance man let's be honest yeah you're gonna need to deliver on this but his suggestion was to draw a picture of her and give it to her and napoleon's pretty much like on board with that idea so he whips out the yearbook and begins sketching trisha and so the scene the lead up to it is she gets this like envelope and she pulls it out and there's just this like handwritten note by napoleon on the other side of it and he's like what is how does he put it there's more there's more of this yeah if you like this there's a lot more where this came came from so she turns it over and the 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 drawing is hideous <laughs> it's oh, it's, the mo- oh it's fantastically horrible <laughs> it's <laughs> like the eyes are kind of apart and the shading is just terrible <laughs> and, and and you know of course he's hoping that it's so good that she'll want to be his girlfriend this is what's supposed to motivate her to be his girlfriend right but her reaction her reaction to it is almost like she throws up in her mouth like she's just like ugh. And she, but then her mom pops up out of the background it's like you know you're taking that boy to prom yeah. <laughs> it's like this so crossroads she, of disgust and terror yes so she has to like call him and almost as if she's being held at gunpoint she's like she's like oh i loved your picture it's hanging in my room (laughs) that little throwaway it's it's hanging in my room like i think my room i do believe that her mother must have made her hang that made her hang it in a room (laughs) like hanging next to a poster of whatever teen like i don't know early 2000s who would be the person but hanging next to that poster is her portrait this hideous portrait and napoleon making it worse goes it took me like hours to get the shading on your upper lip four hours to get the shading on your upper lip right (laughs) i love i love that he points that out to her like this drawing took hours for him to do i'm like if this drawing in and of itself took more than 17 (laughs) minutes yeah something's wrong just to get the shading on the upper lip yeah. it took hours like oof, that oof, no, yeah know that that tracks but but her, his, her her guttural re, guttural reaction to seeing the picture when she flips it over <laughs> just <a shudder>. like <laughs> did, did she even realize it was supposed to be her did she just think it was a monster <laughs> what, like, what is this oh, is this from a serial God. killer you know you're taking that boy to prom that boy wets his bed. I love it's gonna, another one. Of those, he's going to have his hands all over you. <laughs> it's it's oh, another Jesus. one of those scenes that really highlights his phone etiquette skills. <laughs> where she calls him is like, is Napoleon there? Yeah. Yes. And there's kind of pause. He's like, well, can, can I, I talk, talk to him? him? Yeah. You already are. You already are. <laughs> it's like, that's. 
Like, yeah, what? he has he has no skills, no conversational skills whatsoever. He may have both oh. have skills and nunchuck skills, but he doesn't have any conversational skills. No. Oh no. God! Well, I feel like that's probably long enough for us. Just yeah. remember the movie. Uh, I, it means a lot to me. It's on the counter. It's way up there for me on movies that I've seen the most. It's got to be way up there because I I watched it a couple more times just like leading up to this. It's been a minute since I've seen it, so I was like, God, this this movie holds up better than I remember. It's so good. It's it really. I mean, like it's one of those movies. If you do enjoy it. You will always enjoy it. You will always enjoy it. Will it will never stop being funny. No. Because that's just the type of person you are. And you just, yeah. you will never stop being you at your core. No. You may change a little bit here or there. Your favorite band is going to change from year to year, but you're always going to have this sense of humor. And Napoleon, that this movie, it in 2005, I guess, is, I, I was, I tried to, to dress as Napoleon. I remember really trying hard to find a good passable Napoleon dynamite costume. And I, I, I gave up on it cause I just couldn't cause you, you, first of all, you just have to be really tall and skinny and have the physique of John heater. I think, cause I mean, if you're like me, like I'm, I mean, I'm tall, but I'm lumpy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I just can't pull it off. Cause you gotta have that tight shirt tucked into the jeans. You really have well, yeah, to have a perm. He's wiry. He's wiry. And you really have to have a perm. Like you cannot yeah. buy a wig, which is what I was trying to go for. You can't buy a wig and and pull off the Napoleon. Because you'll just look like Pedro when he puts his wig on during the second yeah. part of the movie after he shaves his real hair off. It's just off. And you you just have to commit to the perm. And I just wasn't it just never crossed my mind. Like I could perm my hair to commit to this character. People have done a lot more to commit to Halloween costumes in their life. I wasn't willing to perm my hair. So I gave up, but I, I I just, this movie means a lot to me. It was one of my favorite things in the world back in the early two thousands. And it, it, I'm reminded of that time. Not, not just reminded of how much I love the movie, but just kind of reminded me, reminded me of a different time in my life. And that also helps too. the nostalgia of, of going, looking back at a movie like this, like this movie is going on 20 years old. Really? I mean, it really is. That's crazy. Yeah. So there's the nostalgic factor going along with it too. So, because we're thinking ringtones and soundboards and yeah, you know, all of those things that just don't exist anymore. So it was such an early 2000s thing. This is the part of the of the episode where we sort of hint or we, we go ahead and, and let out the, you know, what, what's our next movie going to be. So if, you know, our listeners want to, if you've listened this long, thank you very much. And you're really interested in what our next show is going to be. You'll be treated. That is, of course, if we don't shift and pivot and change gears and change movies, which we've done most of the time. We've, we've done that before. We've been known to do that. But we're talking about it's movies we love. Yeah, so what, what's your pick going to be for, for next week's episode? I I think what I'm going to go between the two that I've already told you, because mm-hmm. I did waffle a little bit and I thought about changing it, but I'm not going to. I'm going to stick with the two. You can if picked. you want to. You can. No, I'm It's, I'm with not, the, it's I'm, well within the rules and guidelines. I'm, stick, I'm sticking with what I picked. Um, and so I think uh, just to change change the pace a little, because mm-hmm. I like... Uh, both of mine, I think, will offset yours because you've you've got a couple good ones. We got a good comedy here, 
And yeah. so I think what I'm going to do to change the pace up is I'm going to go with Donnie Darko for our next one because oh. it's way yes. on the other side of yeah not comedy. This is a this is a palate cleanser big time. Yes, but and another one of those movies from this time period that I'm talking about. Yeah, it, this is Donnie Darko was one of those movies. Like I got to show this movie to as many people that I can because yeah. It, I, I remember hearing about it because it didn't get a big theatrical run. It no. was not a hit, unlike Napoleon Dynamite. It was not a hit. It, it's a cult classic. It's one of those I movies. Think, I think it may have been straight to video. It's possible. It, there there, may well, have there was a, a sequel release. that went straight to video, I know. but Yeah, because I, I remember I was working at Blockbuster when it came out. Mm-hmm. And I remember... Well, is we it David, get, isn't it David Kelly? Didn't he write this? He, he uh, had a... Yes. David E. Kelly, Richard Kelly, uh, Richard, Kelly. R- R- Richard Kelly. Sorry, sorry. Who? So he had a lot of juice, I think, coming into this movie as a TV guy, right? I mean, I think he was more of a TV guy. Is that Dawson's Creek? Am I? Maybe I'm thinking of another guy. I, I'm not sure, but definitely a name that was out there. I know, like after this movie, what what was the movie? It's it had The Rock and Stifler and all those people. Southland Tales. Yes, yes, Southland Tales. Like that, that was the big follow of Donnie Darko. Because even though Donnie Darko, may, maybe, it, maybe, or maybe it wasn't a, a direct video movie, it, it instantly, like people, it found its audience like right away on video. And it, it was a star turning role for uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, basically. I mean, he yeah, was in October Sky, but I mean. Yeah, he, he was, he had been around a little bit, but he was still relatively unknown. And there, I mean, there were, I mean, there were a few decent sized names in Donnie Darko. Drew Barrymore, yeah. Drew Barrymore. I mean, even Noel Wiley. Noel Wiley. Seth yeah. Rogen before he was really. A oh, thing. that's he right. A, that's right. He was one of the um, teenagers. Yeah. Jenna Malone ended up blowing up a little bit, but yeah, it mm. was because I remember I I don't remember what I watched, but I remember watching because uh, this is this came out when I was still watching VHS. Uh, that was what we had at Blockbuster. It was still a VHS mm-hmm. time. We were transitioning. The DVD was out, but it was not the standard format yet. And so I remember watching the coming attractions at the beginning of it was a pre-release that we got. And I saw the trailer for Donnie Darko, and I thought it was a horror movie at first because of the. It has a horror know, movie tone to it. it, it this really movie does. Re- it really nails this tone and atmosphere big time. Like it's a moody movie when you're yeah, watching it. It's very. <clears throat> it's a, it's a movie you gotta almost watch like two some of or three the best times. musical. Um, oh. like the the music in this movie and the way it's used, I, I think it one of them. Like when we did our one episode some time back, where you know, like best use of like music in a scene. I'm pretty sure one of the scenes from this movie came up, and I, I stand by it. It's, like, it's expertly done several, several yeah. times. Several times. The notorious scene's really cool too. The sparkle motion. Yeah, I'm, 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 <laughs> well, let's I'm not talk about it anymore. Let, yeah, I'm excited. Let's, we're to just talk we're Darko giving we're just giving a taste. If here's, you haven't see, seen Donnie Darko before, nibble. go ahead, go ahead and see it. This is your excuse to go check it out. Uh, yeah. If you haven't, if you've seen it before but haven't seen it in a while, it's a perfect excuse to pick it back up and watch it again for the first time. Yep. It's been a little while since I've seen it, so I'm it's looking forward to checking to watch it out. It. Yep, would have been a good time around Halloween time probably to see this. I, I'm sure this is one of those. You know, like when we do our lists or whatever, we would think of movies. I'm sure Donnie Darko many times was on the cusp of being selected. So it's, it's, it's time for Donnie Darko to be talking yeah. about both, both of one of our favorite movies, I think. All right. Well, you know what this outro movie music means it means it's time for us to say goodbye. 
Uh, until next time, uh, w- welcome back, you guys. It's good to be back. Been a little while, but uh, hopefully you enjoyed our little uh, walk down memory lane talking about Napoleon Dynamite. Hope it's a movie you loved. It's a movie I loved. Obviously, I picked it. But for me and my co-host, Adam Peterson, we wish you guys a fond farewell, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.